Hello and welcome back to the Top Road Podcast. Today it's just me and Josh. Shane's off doing more, you know, adult things. Um, so yeah, it's just me and Josh. I think personally, he's still on his hour-long walk he took um, after the <laughs> game. I think he's just got lost in Ireland somewhere, and he's just kind of just trekking through the Highlands. Easy to do. Easy well, to yeah. do. Could be easy to do. It's just all fucking grain green and yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, choose the day the Irishman's not here to well yeah. the knife into Ireland as a nation. <laughs> well, yeah. no comment. Um. So, we've got a lot to talk about. Obviously, we didn't do a pod last week for various reasons, to be completely honest. So, we're back. We thought we might have been back with Bang, celebrating a big win away at Old Trafford. I hashtag went the game in Everton. Wow. And Did you take um, a blazer mask? And uh, they, they, they give them out on a coach, but I didn't take one. Um. Yeah, well, did you not see me? I'm TikTok famous. No. I made them on a TikTok. Because oh. they decided to lock us in the car park when we got there because they were all having this glazer protest because the police thought it would be a great idea to divert them down the side of the away fans, which was great. We got there about half an hour before the kickoff and it was completely blocked. Then you had police at the front of the gates. Either side of the gates, all kinds of stuff getting lopped over. So by the time the gates got opened, everybody was in a nice little position to record us walking into the ground. And you can just see me kind of stomping across, blowing kisses at United fans with me ticket in my hands. Wonderful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. Uh, to be fair, it, it, the Anfield rapper there as well. Um, I was going to say, you know, watch your back. We're coming for you. you know. <laughs> The top red podcast is going to be the number one Liverpool podcast, oh, but you know, yeah, I, th- I thought it was—I thought it was just too obvious already. Mm. Um, I mean, I think we deserve a hell of a lot of credit for recording an episode after we've lost a game. Um, well, normally when we yeah. lose, we go into hiding. You know, we're a, we're a win a win only pod. I think. Um, yeah. so well, we are the top reds. You know what I mean? Yeah, we 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 were brilliant on Monday. I've never seen a better tactical masterclass from Jurgen Klopp. Jordan Henderson. What a midfielder. Hello. James Miller, what a first such. What a, yeah, what a striker. You see his con- close control in the box. Did, did you see no him playing Bruno role? Yeah, amazing. Well, no, in reality... <laughs> yeah. Liverpool shit. Um, to, to be honest, I, I, I got in the match like five minutes after kickoff. I walked in as Anthony Alanga hit the post... And I just knew <laughs> it yeah. was going to be a long night. Um, I think we've done the right thing, though, doing it now, because we could have easily been caught up in the hysteria, because let's face it, it was just mass hysteria from Monday to probably Wednesday. Um, I was obviously um, critical, but I did say Jordan Henderson that should never play for the club again, but that was more tongue-in-cheek. But... Um, I think we could be a little bit more rational knowing that our next game is much closer to the one we've just had. Um, and, you know, starts the season, these sorts of things that happen. I always I always use um, Klopp's uh, Dortmund's 2011-12 start to the season to try and um, 
justify why this isn't going to be like the worst season of all time. We're battling um, relegation or we're, we're bottom at Christmas and he drags us to ninth because it's his seventh season. Had all of this uh, been thrown at us in the, in the last week. But in Dortmund's um, season where they won the league in 2012, uh, they lost three of the first uh, six games. And they were the only three games uh, that they lost uh, in the season. So I've still got plenty of hope that this season is going to be as wild and brilliant as they have been the past couple of years. Uh, it's just taken a little bit longer to get into it than we would have liked. Is it a surprise with a shortened pre-season after playing 63 matches last season? No, not really. A few injuries as well obviously haven't helped. Let's not be completely, um, you know... Uh, it's the apocalypse at the moment. Um, seasons aren't won or lost in the first three games. It's City have shown cracks already during 3-0 with Newcastle. We've got a very strange season. In fact, the World Cup is in a couple of months. There's a big break there. Let's calm down. Let's stop panicking. Yes, we can discuss rationally why Liverpool weren't good and what changes could be made. But we don't need to be you know, selling our entire squad and then buying a new one like people seem to want to to happen in the next 10 days or whatever for the window. Not even that, five. So, yeah, I think great timing doing this now because doing it on Tuesday would have been a pretty... It'd be a different episode, let's face it, because I'd have said some stuff I don't really agree with. Yeah, no, I, I, to be honest, I think <clears throat> I've just took a bit of a step away from Twitter as well. Um, I mean, I tweeted today, I mean, it's, what, four days removed and people are still banging on about transfers just as much as they were three days ago. <clears throat> Which fine. Is I just... mean, people have the right to have that opinion. I believe Yeah, they do. I, but I, I believe just... that. I think a midfielder should be signed, but I'm not going to oh, no, I crying if we I don't believe it as well. But um, I, like, I, I really think we should sign a midfielder. Like, I, do I want Nunes. I want Paqueta. Like, I'm not... I do think if anyone, any team, has earned some slack and earned some faith trust it's this one um what i do agree with is we do tend to be too reactive when things go wrong we're not we're not forward planning i mean as we've discussed in the first few episodes it doesn't take nostradamus to work out that tiago and navigator are gonna have um spells on the sidelines it's not completely out of the question they have these spells at the same time which is obviously rather ironically after navigator's agents have obviously been crying and bitching to the press about him not getting enough game time. He then, obviously, he fell, as Klopp says, in training. I thought that tweet was just... <laughs> that quote was hilarious. But he fell, and he's now set for what could be a longer um, spell on the sidelines, which sums up his career as much as um, anyone else's. But, yeah, yeah, that's the only criticism I have, is that, and we had it last year, that we probably needed another attacker last year. Uh, and we had to go and do it in January instead of doing it in the summer and, and things like that. So the criticism of, you know, maybe not being proactive enough with, with squad planning is it, it, probably fair. But as I've said, it's if anyone deserves some some time and some faith, it's, it's, the, it's the team and the management that we have at the moment. Um, and if we don't sign a midfielder before the deadline, I'm not, not the end of the world. Um, I would like to have a look at some of the younger players. Um if they have to be thrown in, in midfield. I think we've got some good talent there. 
Um, so yeah, uh, a new midfielder, I think, after what Klopp said today, is probably looking more likely than not. Um, normally, when we're not making a, a signing, or by August 26th, you're getting Klopp telling us that. Um, but his quote, I've got it here, uh, we're working, we'll see if something will happen or not, and it needs to be the right player. Which, he basically said it, I think they're looking, and if they find it, and I think they will find it, they'll pull the trigger. Um and I think we decide two or three midfielders next summer anyway. So if we just sign one less next summer and get one in now, that that works for me. Yeah, I mean that that that's the thing. I don't think so. We we were linked with Moises Caicedo, and I don't really think he's the answer to the question particularly. I think he's he's, he's, the, he's the twenty twenty three midfielder. Yeah, but if we can get him in now, especially given the issues that we're we're having at the minute. Like, that's completely fine. I mean, we shouldn't be too reliant on him. He would just be in place. Like, Moises Caicedo, I don't really doubt would be better than James Milner. The minute, I mean, when we renewed James Milner, I was all for it, under the assumption that he wouldn't be starting at Old Trafford away, which, obviously, he's ended up doing. But, to be fair... He probably doesn't start at Old Trafford the way have Fabinho had as bad a season as he's had so far. Um, I mean, the commentary, was... the commentary team on Monday suggested that they've been told Fabinho wasn't fit to start. No, yeah. Fabinho was just shite against Palace. That's what yeah, it was. That is true, but he's one of them that one performance. I know he hasn't played well for well, not not well, but he's not been. Bit of six and a seven, hasn't he? Really, um, and probably since back end of last season. Um, I mean, to be fair, like I think he's one of the many players that that have been periods of his Liverpool career where he, as much as anybody, has been kind of thrown under the bus by Klopp's system. He's left far too isolated, far too many times, and it, it doesn't get me. It, it, I guess it does lead to mistakes like lunging in at Abereza when he did. Um, so, maybe I'm being harsh, I don't know. I just don't think he's been good enough in build-up, but now that was Henderson, I guess, it's it's a bit of an iffy one. Um, but I, I, I can see a totally justifiable reason that he was dropped just purely on performances. Um, whether or not people agree with him being dropped and Henderson starting. I think if you have um, one of... Tiago, Cater, or Jones actually available. I think you're all. I'm all for Fabinho being dropped on Monday. It was the fact that Milner was the one coming in. Well, yeah, and it's yeah, not yeah, through Milner's fault. Well, he's thir- he's 36. I mean, he's a he was a brilliant player five years ago. That game. Um, it's not a criticism that he can't be relied on in games like that anymore. That it, it's biology. Um, I think it for me. Stomaching Fabinho's iffy performance was more important than than him not playing. But it's a message. It is a message at the end of the day. Pop made another message by um, taking Henderson off really early for Fabinho when I think taking Milner off would have been the more um, sensible option. Uh, that was another message. He's a man who deals in playing time as a message. Um, so obviously really important game. Bad starts the season. 
and you're not in the first team, Fabinho's got to look at that as a, a wake-up call for him um, to, to really try and book things up. But you're right as well. He's, he may feel he's been, as you said, thrown under the bus a little bit there. He's been punished for mistakes that um, the system forces him to make. Um, I've never really been a fan of the, you know, the number six being completely isolated. Um, we used to obviously, when Buvac was here, we used to put the midfield a bit further forward, and that was you'd get the fullbacks tucking into the middle to stop counter attacks a bit more when they, when everyone was piling forward, and that that protected the defensive midfielder there. And now we've. Then we had the fullbacks really bombing on the midfield, protected, and that was when we were at our best. Is when that midfield locks things down, and we've we've obviously gone to this lopsided four-three-three um, with the the right central midfielder pushing further on, and that is just the problems that we had at the start of the season last season are rearing their heads again after we'd seemingly fixed them at the back end of last year. So, yeah, leaving leaving Fabinho isolated has not helped him. Um, and I don't think, whilst yeah, the decision he made against Palace with with Eze, you know, he's probably thinking, I don't want to take a yellow card in a game like this when I'm um, having some of the best one-on-one dribblers running at me every time they get a chance. Yellow card taking that's probably the better option. Fine, mistakes happen. It was all part of what was I thought a really good first forty-five minutes, where one-nil was not a fair reflection of the game. Um, so yeah. Fabinho, it's a big... He's obviously got to play with the situations it is. I think the message would have been you start Milner tomorrow against Bournemouth rather than doing it on, on United, against United. That would have been the thing for me. Um, yeah, I mean... In the past, Fabinho's often been the one kind of pressing. So when we were playing that 4-3-3, he was pressing like the number 10 would in yeah. a 4-2-3-1, even though he was at the end. And he doesn't seem to do that anymore. You really don't see him as that kind of guy just destroying play all over the pitch, just parading all over the gaff. What we, kind of play. Have to, we have to ask, what does the number 6 do at the moment? Well, yeah, I I don't know. I, I don't know what it does, which makes it redundant, which is why I think a lot of people are talking about moving to a 4-2-3-1. Klopp has. Um, like, uh, Klopp's basically said in the press it would have been used by now if we had Jota and Nunes. Yeah, he was talking about we've only got three attackers, which is bollocks, because he's played Cater on the left in a in a 4-2-3-1 in the past. Mm. So, that's, I'm, I'm not really having that from him. I, I think he's just chat and wham I think, to be I honest think, I know I think this could be more of just a an autopsy of Liverpool starts the season more than you know our normal structure of talk about that game and then talk about the next one which I'm fine with I like just talk about anything we come up with but um, I think the switch of formation um, I've got it written down for the Bournemouth game that something has to change uh, tactically Um I think we can never really play the four three three with Firmino as a nine again. Um, his performance, well, me. certainly not with the way, the way he set up the the, the wide forwards as well, yeah. because that's that's a, a major I'm... issue. I think that was an issue that reared its head a bit during Salah's down mm. second half of the season last season. It really went under the radar, probably because Mane was 
pulling a lot of the weight he was down the middle. But Salah's just far too easily that wide. Like our, our best player, our most threatening player, should not be playing that far away from the the, the six yard box. Not when um, not when we're in the attacking third. I get it in in the midfield build up phase and just trying to stretch. The oh yeah, I guess that. That, that that's fine. Um, but yeah, he's wide. He's wide past the eighteen-yard line. Which... He's pinned near the byline, yeah, and that is not the touchline. If you want a wide player playing as a wide player, you need them as a winger, and then you can have your fullback underlapping. We um, we seem to have this underlapping run from the fullback, and then you're trying to give it to players who are then cutting into that space. It just doesn't seem to work at all. Um, I've always been of the as the, the idea that if you've got um, wide players who are, are cutting in, if you want to keep them wide, you then keep the fullbacks deep until they cut in and then the fullbacks go beyond. And that's it was a system that worked really well for us when it happened. We had Mane and Salah often starting wide, then coming inside as forwards, and then you'd have all the space for the fullbacks out wide, and then you'd have the midfield control in the middle. It was a formula that wasn't really broken. I think a lot of people just said, and it happened in the end, we needed a little bit more uh, of a creative presence doing that role. I don't think anybody had a, a problem, I certainly didn't, with the midfield being quite defensive, um, because I think you could be a defensive midfielder and be a creative threat. It's, you're a footballer, you should be able to do multiple roles. Thiago can do multiple roles. He can play as a defensive midfielder that also picks a line-breaking pass. Um, we seem to have moved away to try and get the midfield more involved and it wasn't something that was I know a lot of people labelled it an issue but I think it was more the fact the front three underperformed at times um, that meant we had struggles breaking things down but you're right, Salah playing out wide that high up is is ridiculous, especially when you have Firmino coming so deep, yeah, so deep. that he is on the toes of the centre-back who he's getting the ball from and it left a big hole in the middle of the pitch because James Milner and the best one in the world filling in that role does not have the same intelligence as an attacker um, what was wrong with just a midfielder coming to get the ball in midfield and Firmino then occupying defenders with movement and, and things I, I've got it here the, the, the reason we were so poor off the ball is because we were so poor on it on Monday um, I think a lot of people will know that Liverpool's build-up and our structure in possession is designed to be um, so we're so efficient out of possession. Um, everyone's space in a way that if we lose the ball, you've then got a coordinated press afterwards. That completely disappeared. You've probably seen the picture that has um, Diaz and Firmino on the left-hand side, then a line of about six Liverpool players strewn across the pitch, pretty much a straight line. Just think, what is the structure there? You've got the, the still of Elliot dropping back in, into midfield. He's the last man and there's a huge space in midfield where you know, there's no one to pass to. It's the structure and organisation of our attacking play just looked lost, completely lost. Monday, it looked like we were coming into a game where we expected United to be flat. We expected them to let the occasion get the better of them. Who thought that? Who would have thought that? Nobody. I mean, they just lost 4-0 to Brentford. They're always going to come out flying. Um, did mm. not look ready for that in the slightest. Passing was horrendous. Uh, but we didn't look ready for it. It, it was similar to Fulham, though. Mm. We didn't look ready for them to come out like a house on fire either. Like, this stat of what, what is it, seven? 
games. We've got one nil down. Seven games in a row, yeah. Um, and I'm sorry, you can have the players like Robertson coming out and saying, oh, we can't keep giving them a head start. We can't keep playing like this. Because You've got to do something about it. Um, it's, it's, it's straightforward. We're a team that normally, as we've said before, always, always learn from a mistake very quickly. Um, two years ago, if we drawn 2-2 against Fulham, um, you smash Palace, you smash United, and you look like you've learned from that mistake. At the moment, it seems to just be a pattern of our play. And it seems to be what you expect from Liverpool. I wouldn't be hugely surprised if Bournemouth nicked a, a, an early goal on Saturday because I can imagine us being quite jittery for the first 10 minutes if we've not taken the lead. And I think what, what we've seen again from Liverpool, this is more the Palace game, they can be electric or we can be electric for 20 minutes. But if the, if the goal doesn't go in, it then becomes a chore trying to attack again and trying to trying to get that goal because um, we started brilliantly against Palace and then we just went through a 10 minute lull of where we'd look like we just kind of resigned ourselves to the fact this is going to be a really hard game and not we haven't got that goal that we deserved and we felt sorry for ourselves and then you get hit on the break and it all culminates into a, a big negativity and it just seems to have happened in all games so far and it's almost like we didn't have pre-season and they're playing game 64, 5 and 6 from last, and then you can understand them being tired. But yeah, it's just... It's just something seemed off at the moment, and I think a tactical change um, tomorrow could go a long way to um, to putting some of that right. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, I mean... As I said after the game, it, it does just feel like we're watching the same game over and over again. It's the same frailties exposed. It's the same kind of attack and patterns that just aren't working. Um, I felt really sorry for Luis Diaz as well because he was getting fucking battered. What it felt like um, on that left side, there was just no overlap and presence from Robertson really to free him up, give him some space to turn into. And then he had Milner yeah, and and Henderson as the options to come back and that just wasn't really working either and people were wondering why he was running back with the ball well that's why there's no options and he's got somebody super glued to his ass. like he's not going to be able to turn on the ball um, and obviously he had no option further up the pitch because Firmino was playing like a number 6 it was It was just yeah the, the, the whole thing was just a complete and utter mess down to the defenders you know we can't, we, we can't Mentioned the game without mentioning Van Dijk and his... I don't know what he was doing. He looked like he was dancing like a pigeon. <laughs> Watching Sancho put the ball in the back of the net. Um, I, and I can't believe people are having a go at Milner. For, for, don't get me James Milner can bollock whoever the fuck he wants. He's 36 years of age. And it's good to see. Winning, it's good to see. Winning what he's won in his career. Like, just because he isn't you know the greatest of players now doesn't mean that he doesn't have respect and yeah, i was happy to see him say it because i was i was i was, I was made up to yeah. see him say it because I, I don't i don't want van dyke to think he can get away with being casual van dyke didn't look comfortable being bollocked <laughs> i think he, he, yeah no he, he knew he, he, he knew exactly he knew miller was right because he, he he did yeah. not make eye contact with him he could not look at him so uh I think it's part and parcel of if you're the best in the world, you can get settled and you can get a bit comfortable. And you know, he'll need this. He'll need um, the wake-up call. 
he's the one player I think will bounce back straight away. Yeah, I mean the the thing about Van Dijk this season is he's seen, he's been under a microscope since the Dimitrovic incident in, in the Fulham game. I mean people trying to blame him in some way for the Zaha goal to me is absolutely bonkers. Like if he commits, he just gets sat on his ass. Yeah, because there's not there's no way he's he's getting back and making any tackle or putting much pressure on Zaha. Without having to slide, which just gives Zaha a better angle. Um, I think Allison might be able to do a bit better for that goal too. And it's just an insane finish. Yeah. Like I, I, I don't, I don't really see how on earth people are. I think for, to, to for Liverpool, for Liverpool, it's a, it's a, a rude awakening that you can't just rely on your goalkeeper, bail you out one on one. Well, yeah, but they should have known, like a couple. The guys working behind the scenes at Liverpool are clever enough to know that we were overly reliant on Alisson last season. And that was likely not going to happen again this season. Um, Liverpool voted for the changes to the offside rule. Absolutely no problem with Rashford's goal being given. And then we are still playing this offside trap as though they're going to give that because two years ago it would have been given as as offside, but it's not anymore. So maybe that needs looking at. Yeah, You've lived, lived on these fine margins for so long. You can press high. And maybe you can it, press high without having your defensive line on the halfway line. Um, yeah, I think yeah. we've got to become a better team at, at dropping and accepting the fact that we might not win the ball. You know, in their penalty area. Um, that if they get to a certain point on the pitch, okay, we decide as a team we're going back. Not especially, especially with a midfield of Elliot yeah. Milner. And it's what Klopp's teams like... used to do, and I, I think you you said this is that I think we're seeing more of a your you sorry, you said I we're seeing more of a Linda's team now than a Klopp team. Yeah, yeah. Because um, a Klopp team did have that. That Klopp's teams have never been an ultra aggressive pressing team. Um, they've been an ultra aggressive counter pressing team. Um, but they, the reason Dortmund was so good and had such a good defensive record for such a long time is that they knew that when it was a lost cause, and they would then drop in and be two banks of four, hard to break down. And Liverpool were, I mean, 2017-18, Liverpool were that team. Our defensive numbers were, were incredible in that season um, for a team that finished fourth. Um, and everyone was very much agreed that it was the personnel because Liverpool were def- whilst they defended forward front foot defensive team obviously can leave you exposed but we, we didn't play an ultra aggressive high line um, we were just an aggressive team on the pitch and we made individual mistakes that a lot of the time I think a lot of people made a point of the only chances we conceded were good chances uh, a lot of that came from individuality so yeah I think we need to revisit a few little structural tweaks it's not reinventing the wheel um, it it's playing to the personnel's strengths, like uh, it's it, being more of a Linders team over the last few years has worked for Liverpool and has helped Liverpool achieve great things. We don't have Thiago, we don't have Cater, we have again Milner, Fabinho, Henderson, Elliot. 
these aren't players that can play that way <laughs> anymore. Yeah. Um, Henderson would have been as a six, but I mean, as much as I have defended Henderson in the six uh, recently, he was he was really poor. Don't get me wrong, I think these out of context um, photos of his positioning during the game are just hilarious. Like Liverpool were recycling the ball from one side right. to another. Of course, they're going to be lopsided. Yeah, uh, and he he um, didn't cover himself in glory for the goal. Um, that's well, yeah, and for professional footballer. Yeah, um, but it can happen. It's just a shame it happened and it led to a goal. These these are all fine margins that last season, season before, season before that, it doesn't go through. It goes to a Liverpool player. It's my issue is that as soon as Liverpool captains in the past seem to be growing these big thick beards, cough Gerard twenty fourteen fifteen cough. They um they really just go down the pan physically. And like it was just probably reminiscent of some twenty fourteen, fifteen, thirteen, fourteen Gerard. That I mean, obviously you've got the slip against Chelsea, like that touch and then just not really having the acceleration to be able to catch it with the ball. Yeah. Um, it was a bit worrying. I think he's another one. Him and Fabinho, I think they've they've always, I think, suited two man midfields. Um, I think. Uh, um, they they look good in the two man midfields, and when Nunez was sent off against, they probably need. They they would probably benefit from having somebody in that number ten role. Half yeah. winning the trying to win the ball back. Then their job is to screen the defense, and then you probably don't get. The probably doesn't have such an easy job because there's another body in there. Liverpool aren't quite as exposed. Henderson's not quite as exposed for the second goal. United because there's another body in there. Um, just think, yeah, it's just it's little tweaks now to get the best out of what we've got. I think all of our midfielders could pr- could pretty much play in a role. It then frees up Jones and Elliot to be more wide players. Um, so Diaz has got a little bit of um, help because he's not going to be able to play every minute of every game uh, you can then use Jota and um, Nunez as, as strikers as they as they are naturally you've then got Carvalho getting into the team a little bit more Firmino probably doing what he likes which is floating around and could take advantage of the striker creating the space by by uh, stretching defences, you've got Elliot can play on the right um, with Salah. I just think it offers more balance. Thiago could play in a two. Cater can just about play in a two. Henderson can. Fabinho can. You don't really want uh, Milner uh, doing that, but you can bring him on when it's three 0 You can go back to a four three three to accommodate that. So I just think the time has come that four three three is finished. Um, well, especially on Monday, I don't think we can ever play it again with Firmino. Well, yeah, it's, it's finished for now, potentially. Yeah. I mean, if you know, if if Hank Winter's right, yeah. and we end up getting Bellingham next season, we maybe get another body in this summer. Um, we might be able to revisit it, but I mean, in the short term, at least, until we get Thiago back in the team, bare minimum, I think something's got to change and. Well, I think after the way Carvalho played on Monday, I thought he was excellent when he came on. Um, yeah, he was I really think good. We did it with Fabinho, didn't we? Um, 
when he joined, we switched to the four-two-three-one because it was something he's more used to, just to get him in the team. I think you could see something similar for for Cavalio. I don't think he's got the. I don't think he's got the uh, stature to be a, a central midfielder just yet. Uh, he could he could be an eight yeah. for sure, but I think giving him that chance as a ten, he's a he's a bit of a yard dog as we saw. He'll chase anything. He's 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 really different to the options we had. Like he's so quick technically. Salah doesn't like, score have, without him. Have... No, no one else. Does. No one else yeah, will we, do that. We have some technically gifted players. Um, as much as people <laughs> like to be a little there. But he's so quick technically, it's it's really impressive. And he's only 19, he turns 20, I think, next week. Um, I am I, I am one of those of the opinion of looking at things face value and not really want Liverpool to be relying on a 20-year-old. But there are obviously exceptions to the rule and, you know, we'll see if Cavalio could be well, the exception sure, to the rule. I'm not sure it's a case on reliance, but having... Somebody who's there to contribute, who can contribute. It's not just. Well, yeah, not yeah. Just, um, but I think we are a bit over reliant, a bit at the minute because people are looking to him as difference. The the difference, yeah, the the difference between the four three three and the four two three. Certainly, be thinking about starting him tomorrow. Um, yeah, I would. Because let's face it, he's playing a caliber of opposition he was up against a lot last season. We 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 need we need that that quick footedness as well against uh, I, I think a the, team like be, Bournemouth because they're going to be a lot up. of unrest. I think if we saw a very similar feel to the one on um, Monday, if we saw um, that three again or Fabinho in for Milner, I think you'd get people quite jittery before the game already. You would, yeah. Um, so yeah, that. Um, Anfield then could be a, a, a toxic needs to be place. something different. Um, something different just to kind of separate what we've seen already. Um, I think Klopp has to make that make it clear that what we've seen so far has not been good enough. Um, he can easily, I know, turn around and say, well, it's all part of the process. This is, a, this is what we've planned for, it's what we've prepared for, and we're going to see that out. But that has not been successful. It's been completely opposite. So I think for Anfield, if it was an away game, I could see why he maybe sticks with a with what we what we've seen so far. But for Anfield and no wins yet this season, um, a potentially tricky game. You know, newly promoted team. We've already had one and not won that one. So they've got that as well. We've got to beat a newly promoted team. There needs to be a separation from the first three games. Um, almost as a message to the crowd that yeah we, we we are fully aware that it's not worked and we might have to do something different and being proactive with that but as, as we said before we are too prone yeah. to being reactive to things so you could easily see it being nil nil for an hour with with what we've seen so far and then you don't want to be in Anfield and then the change is made and we win three nil you think well why didn't you just do it from the start so yeah I think We've obviously had no real inclination of how it'll pan out from Klopp's press conference. He's not really said anything to suggest it will or won't change. Is the personnel are the same? No, no new um, returns from injury. Although Thiago and Jota are close by all accounts. So, yeah, I I wouldn't be particularly pleased if if we were seeing more of more of the same. 
I, I wouldn't be shocked if he did that. Um, but, but yeah, what are we going for score predictions? Because Shane's just messaged in his score predictions: one nil Salah, which fuck, <laughs> that would be horrible. Four nil Van Dyke. I think it's like the um, perfect story, isn't it? That he gets bollocked on Monday and scores the opener on Saturday. That's done it for poetry more than anything else. I would go 3-0. And I would go... You know what? Fuck it. I'll go Fabio yeah, Cavallio. Why? You just talked about not wanting to come and rely on him, so of course you're going to say it. <laughs> I can I can already see the, I can already see the Liverpool tweet. Fabio Carvalho misses out with a minor muscle injury <laughs> tomorrow morning. Well, I, I, you know what? It wouldn't actually shock me if he just didn't if he just didn't even play. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I I, I am glad we eventually. Did the pod yeah. later on in the week anyway because it was um, yeah. I mean, it's gonna be a toxic yeah. ass week. Regardless, well, nothing, there's nothing terminal. That's the good thing. Nothing's done. Nothing's over. It's three games. There's 35 left. Um, I think you know if we go into the season and we end up beating Chelsea twice and you beat Tottenham twice, you can kind of stomach the start we've had because we didn't beat any of them. Last year, if we can get a win at City against City at Anfield. You know, compared to last season, their results we didn't get. So there's still plenty to play for. So much to play for. There's no point overreacting. This season, I think, could easily be fixed with small tweaks. It's not ripping things up and starting again. Um, much of the groundwork has obviously already been laid. There three finals last season and a um, second place finish by a point goes to show we are a pretty good football team. So. Just the little things, keeping standards high, maybe changing things um, structurally can get you that little edge. But yeah, no need to panic. This, this Liverpool team could easily win 30 games this season. And come May, everyone's forgotten about the start we made, like, like, we, yeah, like we did last season. I, Everyone had forgotten about Brentford. I think that's the thing. Yeah, that, that, that's the thing. Like, it's the fact that it's happened at the start of the season, but this could have happened at any point of the season. It's just that it's happened at the start, so there's so much uncertainty going forward. I'd rather it um, happen now than April. Know, we had periods like this last season. Well, yeah, but we, we, we had... Don't get me wrong, it's 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 dampened my expectations a lot. Um, that's, that's where Liverpool because... have always been their best under clock when no one expects anything. Yeah, but I think it's more... I didn't expect. I, it looked as though last season's taken its toll on certain players a lot more than I thought it may have. Um, don't get me wrong. I, I knew we'd have to. I knew we'd have to replace Miller. I knew we'd have to replace Oxley Chamberlain. I knew we well preferred that we'd probably um, replace Cater, but. I thought that we might have been able to get away with it just one more season. But ultimately, I guess we shouldn't really have uh, have taken that, that gamble anyway. Um, and it's bit them on the arse. 
it's not really this um, this victory lap that a lot of people have taken, uh, coming off the back of a, a, a season that was literally defined in its last two games, which I don't think any other team bar the United treble winners yeah. can say. Um, but, but, and even then, you know, the, 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 the treble winners didn't have two trophies in the bag going into those last two games, so... It's it's not really something worth taking a victory lap over for the people that are. Yeah. But you know, if you wanna if you wanna take that victory lap, you know, go on. Because we've been taking the victory lap for the last one yeah. <laughs> season yeah. or so. Uh, watching this team do what they've done and 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 get to three finals and unfortunately lose the title on the last day of the season and if you want to see that the, the midfield cost us last season then I think you're just being absurd because this game there's part of that Brentford game there's part of that Brighton game which isn't totally yeah. on the midfield but it's just that that's the I guess that's the consensus reason or, or that's that's the issue at the minute that people are focusing on it's, so it's revisionism when... isn't it it's 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 well it's 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 revisionism and, and it's it's I don't think they can they can comprehend the actual issues in those games so they just point at the lowest yeah. common denominator which is which is the midfield like we didn't lose in Paris because of the midfield we lost because we didn't score a goal which I don't think really is is especially in in Liverpool's team is the job of the midfield the job of of the midfield is to provide the base for the attack to go and do the goal scoring whether or not you agree with that. It worked in every other competition last season. Um, so yeah, I, people can do the victory laps all they want, but as you said, I think the club deserve um, the trust, the, the the trust putting in them because ultimately the gamble that they paid in the was it was it nineteen twenty season when Van Dijk got injured, uh, the gamble paid off. 2020, yeah, 2020, we, we won it oh, in yeah, 1920. Oh, I remember. We won it in 1920. What am I going? These COVID years it, are just getting mixed exist. up. Uh, yeah. Um, so yeah. So that that gamble paid off. As much as people don't want to, you know, admit that it, it it paid off in the end. And I don't think the gamble is going to pay off to the extent that. We challenge anywhere near as much as we did last season. The big thing with the gamble with but, Van Dijk is we always knew Van Dijk would come back. I think that this is. I was saying. I was saying this to me. We don't know. Day. Like, like that, that's the thing. There's so much uncertainty at the minute. Is, we don't. Let's face it. Our midfield could be completely different on the first game of next season. So we yeah, don't yeah, know. Yeah, that, yeah. That, that, that's that, the that only is the issue, reason why I'd want one now is that we kind of have that have that little bit more comfort. Um, I couldn't tell you who I want to be honest. I, I, that is why Liverpool have the best, I'd say, best recruitment team in the world because the hit rate is so good. Um, so I couldn't say who Liverpool should buy. Um, it's telling that he wants an eight that can play as a six to think about what sort of system will be in place this season. Um, but yeah, I, we could easily find ourselves in four weeks with most of our midfield back fit. And then you say, oh, we've got an extra body in there now. So I think, um, is it Caicedo? Is that how you pronounce it? 
he looks good. I think so. And as you said, he's probably the sort of profile that that will a bit like Diaz. You you, you don't feel like you have to throw him in straight away. He gets up to speed, ready for when you want him to kick on and try and be um, staking a claim. So that sort of profile, you don't really want somebody who in the middle of January, February, is expecting to play week in, week out this season. Because I think that midfield's pretty set with the right balance. A young, a younger yeah, profile. Um, um, with that experience, a little bit of experience is... is it seems to be the one that I think would be um, best best fit this season. Well, obviously, we've got Stefan Bajatic as well. Um, I'm going to butcher that poor kid's name every time I mention him. But, I mean, just a quick one before we go. I was watching him warm up at half-time against Old Trafford, and that kid was doing things with the ball I only really yeah. see Thiago doing when he's warming up. Like, that kid is I think so he, talented. He will have double figures for appearances in the Premier League this season, I think, if we don't sign the fielder. It'll be interesting, but he does, he, he looks so I really good hope we're in a position where he gets 20, 30 minutes tomorrow. I think that'd be really helpful. Well, yeah, well. Never know. Start. He's, in, um, <laughs> he's in Dave Hendricks' 11, isn't he? Think so. oh, I God. think Dave Hendrick put a thing out of some of the team. Did he not put Jan and Villa I don't know if I can find it now because uh, whilst I find it, we could discuss obviously Champions League draw. Um, Fuck yeah, I forgot about so, that. So yeah, the, the, uh, COVID, the aggro the group. group plus Rangers. Jesus Christ! Yeah, um, that's gonna be Ajax. I I haven't heard anything from Ajax, but obviously they could be losing. Just not very uh, blur this um, season, apparently. But, uh, Alfred Schroeder. Ajax. Rangers are just gonna be just not nice to play against, probably. Especially in that bloody atmosphere. I mean, if, there, if there aren't Palestine flags on the cop, then I'm disappointed. <laughs> Here it is. Here's his, um, here's his team. So, um, Alisson, Trent, Gomez, uh, Van Dijk, Robbo or Sumacast. I kind of get that. I would be starting Sumacast on them. Um, I'll start him tomorrow. Um, Fabinho, Basetic, Carvalho, Diaz, Salah. Yeah, Sumacast, I'm starting him. For sure. He deserves a start to see what he can do different. I think I know. I know his end product was was a it was, bit. It was poor. <laughs> oh, it was shit. It was poor against against Palace. But I think in terms of getting down the line and his movement, like Robertson three years ago. Well. I thought he was actually pretty decent. He did. Yeah, he did. Yeah. He looked quicker, didn't he? Um. Yeah, I thought he looked alright. Um. So yeah, maybe maybe give him a go tomorrow. Give Robbo. Maybe a bit of rest going into Newcastle. Yeah. We might need him a bit more against Wouldn't Newcastle. Wouldn't mind also seeing Salah as an eye. Uh, I really want to see Salah as the eye. I'd like to see what Elliot's going to do. Then I should have triple captains up. You've still got time. It's 11 o'clock tomorrow yeah, I think, the deadline. Yeah. Well, I might get Fabio Cavalli yeah, over there. I bet his price is quite cheap, isn't it? Oh, he is, yeah. yeah. Well, um, but yeah, anyway. 
a rare, a rare losing episode after back to back. Well, it wasn't even back to back defeats. The Palace game just feels the context like of the season so far. It does, yeah. After back to back poor results, when City smashed them five 0 yeah. tomorrow, I feel like a defeat. <laughs> well, well, okay. Um, but yeah. So um, thanks for listening, as ever. Hopefully, we'll be coming to you next week with a bit more of a positive vibe throughout. Maybe a new midfielder in the mix because we'll probably do the episode after the Newcastle game. I think that'll probably be better. So, yeah. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe on whatever podcast platform you listen on. Oh, hang on. Follow we play Newcastle on Wednesday. Oh, you we do play Newcastle on Wednesday. Oh, yeah. No, no. Oh. So is it a double game week now then, or does that count as its own game week? No, the double game week will be Newcastle oh, and Evan. Uh, um, Maybe we'll see Darwin Nunez in. Oh yeah. A, a derby atmosphere. That would be a laugh. That'll, that'll be a laugh. They'll try and laugh. I really hope he has a Suarez Bite moment. In front. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Um, right, so yeah, thanks for listening. We'll see, see you next week.